You're listening to Running Around Charlotte, presented by the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon, the Queen City's premier road race experience. One day, five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Find out more or register at runcharlotte.com. Now, here are your hosts for Running Around Charlotte, Tim Rhodes and Jeffrey Cooper. Do you love the winter? Do you love the feel of a brisk wind in your face? The sound of snow and ice crunching under your boots? Yeah? Well, our next guest can multiply that by the thousands. Peter Ripmaster ran the Iditarod Trail Foot Race. It's a thousand-mile trek across the great wilderness of Alaska in February of 2018. And no, he didn't ride a sled pulled by dogs. That's a different Iditarod race. This one was all Peter versus Alaska. And not only did he survive, he won it. And he lived to tell about it right now here on the Running Around Charlotte podcast. Peter, good morning. Hello. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. Thank you. Fresh uh, new day. DC Lucchese, how yeah. are you? Brother, I am well. I am so well. Yes. So I, I'm a guy who loves to live in the wilderness and the cold. And I do it vicariously through... Uh, uh, what's the now I've drawn a blank uh, the Green Bay yeah. Packers <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the frozen tundra <laughs> you live it vicariously um, through, through Lambo I, 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 I live it vicariously not only through the frozen tundra of Lambo Field but uh, life below zero on TV Oh, uh, I love to watch that. Show. There you go you, yeah. don't get, you don't get a sense for how cold 40 below is when you're sitting in the comfort of your own living room, right? Tell us about, you must love the cold. I don't, I certainly don't mind it. You know, I, I wouldn't say, I, I, w- I wouldn't say I love it. You know, I mean, um, you know, I, th- I would say fall is, fall is my favorite, you know, season for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I grew up in Michigan. I grew up through really tough winters, you know, and just kind of dealt with them. Everybody up there is tough, you know, and, and you, uh, you know, if it's cold, you put on an extra layer, you know, you don't, you don't sit and whine about it. So, uh, so that's, you know, that was my roots. And so, you know, I, I really, I really don't mind it. You know, I, I like to get out and live my life regardless of the season. So yeah, I, I, I really, you know, but yeah, at the same time, you know, I can't say it's super comfortable to be in minus 50 degree weather. You know, that's kind of uh, fitful. Um, you know, it feels like it's trying to suck your life out of you, if you will. But uh, but but here I am in Asheville, North Carolina now, so we can talk about some stories. <laughs> Roger that. <laughs> there I'll you like, go. Yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, seriously. I, I, I guess the first question we got to start with is why? Like what what? Hey, I heard about this race in Alaska in February, and it's a thousand miles. And I think I'm going to sign up for it and go do it. I got a couple of weeks to kill. Yeah, right. No. So, um, you know, here we got a half hour to talk, so I'm not going to make these long, drawn out answers as I'm used to. Uh, But what I'll say is, uh, you know, I I grew up in in, uh, fifth grade, I was reading a bunch of novels and reading about Balto and read about endurance and Shackleton and, you know, all these, uh, awesome, awesome books and, uh, really had a, a dream to do the Iditarod when I first read about it in fifth grade. And so I always kind of imagined I do it with dogs and I even lived up in Alaska in the early 2000 and ran sled dogs thinking that that was going to be what I do. And 
I found that taking care of 16 dogs was too much for me. You know, I'm just the type of person that just can barely take care of myself. And so, um, I lived in a lot with 250 dogs and, uh, and it was just, uh, it was just too much for me. And so I kind of gave up on that. I did a dream with sled dogs and moved, moved back to lower 48, started running, found, found, you know, um, found my passion in running, started running, you know, ran 50 marathons in 50 states and started running ultras, uh, towards the end of that project. And so, you know, started running really long endurance races. So the distance wasn't the kicker. It was just that it was going to be in that, that extreme cold. Well, luckily I had learned from the best on how to take care of myself in that type of weather. So, uh, that I had that going for me, but you know, that was, uh, so, you, you know, I, really it was a, it was an awesome thing to read about this. I did a ride trail invitational because it was like, okay, I, I got my dream back now. You know, I had given up on it because I was done with the dogs and really disappointed that that was that way, but it was. And so once I heard about this new race, I was like, well, there it is. That's what I'll do. You know, that's how I'll get to know him. And so that was the, that was the goal all along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you came about so, like you said, you, you came about running and you said, you know, I'm gonna check this box. And you knew going into it that it wasn't gonna be easy because the difference between running an ultra and running, you know, something of this level is you know, like the difference between, you know, a walk in the park and taking on the AT. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a huge gap between, you know, what is required and what, what is needed to be learned. You know, how did you bridge that gap up between running a, running a race, running an ultra and, and getting into something like this? I would say the ultras trained me to realize that I had a really, really, really strong mind. And I feel the mind is the most important thing to take on big, long ultras and big, scary races and things like that. I mean, you, you know, if you take on a race where you're going to be running a thousand miles, your physical is going to go to crap. You know, I don't care what, how great a shape, how great a shape you're in, you're going to be worthless out there. And so, you know, obviously you're not going to be able to kind of stick with what got you there. All of a sudden it's in your mind, you know, and your body wants to stop, your mind wants to stop. And so all of a sudden you're just going, okay, well, um, do I have the mental capacity to do this? And I I knew going into it that I did. It took me many years to find out and to learn and to make mistakes and to uh, really kind of be humble about what I needed to learn to do that. But it finally all came together for me. So, a lot of questions. I, I'm, I'm an operational thinker. I think when I put together a race, how operationally it's going to have to work. So I have a couple questions. Uh, sure. Where did you sleep? How did you pack so much food? And how many miles a day, a day did you run? And how many days did it take you? Okay, I have seven brain cells left. So you have to do one question at a time. <laughs> Where'd you sleep? <laughs> Uh, I slept, uh, I would say the vast majority of time I slept on the trail. Um, you know, I have a sleeping bag and a sleeping mat and a bivy that goes around all that. And so what it, what it pretty much comes down to is if you're traveling down the trail, the Iditarod trail, and you're literally falling asleep on your feet and the next checkpoint is 37 miles away, then there's no way that you're going to fight through it and get there. So you might as well stop and sleep and get some energy back. And so, uh, you know, I've, I've slept uh, in minus 60 degree weather before, um, you know, and, and just, you know, there's 
although you'd like to stop and be in a warm cabin, you know, when you when you sleep, it's not necessarily like that. I'd say it's about half and half. I'd, I'd say most of the time I was probably on the trail, and then the other times I was at points and winter lodges where you can go in and warm up and eat and, and you know, kind of regroup. How, how many miles a day? I averaged uh, 38 miles a day for 26 and a half days straight without taking a break. So it was, uh, there'd be some days where I'd do 60 miles on the trail and there'd be some days that I did 20 miles on the trail and that was all weather dependent, you know? And so uh, when, when I started the race, it was pretty good weather and I knew that I would run into bad weather. So I knew that I needed to get as many miles in as I could while the weather was good. So it's kind of like, you know, just, you know, leaving it all out there, trying to get miles, knowing that, you know, they'll, they'll come days where it's, you know, there were days when it was, you know, two feet of snow and you're going literally a half mile an hour out there hauling the sled with snowshoes in the middle of the wilderness with nobody around you. And so, um, you know, yeah, it was, it, it ended up being uh, 26 days, 13 hours and 44 minutes and which averages about 38 miles a day. Wow. That is, uh, that is something else. And it's, it's, it's semi supported. In other words, there's checkpoints where you can stop and warm up and get food and, and grab a shower and get, get some sleep. But then yeah. there's these long gaps in between, I guess, where you got to figure out, all right, I got to have something to eat. Cause I, there's nothing between here and the next checkpoint. I mean, there's not a, there's not a QT on the way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. As much as you, and sometimes, you know, you're hallucinating enough to where you think you see stuff. I mean, gosh almighty, you know, you're, you're so burnt out out there, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're thinking you're smelling things and seeing things. And um, yeah, the food is, the food's kind of tricky, especially for me. Um, there's different ways to go about it as a, as an American racer and European racer, there, there's different ways to go about the race. I would say, and not, not, you know, all the time, but mostly um, the uh, Europeans, they like to, they like to take a lot of breaks while they run, you know, so they'll, they'll run and then they'll take a break and they'll make tea and they'll make a hot meal and they'll do that. And it will, you know, and, and they seem totally comfortable with that. Me, on the other hand, I hate stopping. You know, if I want to get someplace, I want to get there and I'm going to go, go, go until I get there. And so, um, you know, I would use a climbing uh, chalk bag that didn't obviously didn't have any chalk in it. And then I would put in, you know, cliff bars and, you know, goose and gels and shot blocks and beef jerky and candy. And, and so it's a bunch of like quick energy. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, that, that can just get really old after a while, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of tough to fuel yourself that way, a hundred yeah. calories at a time. So you really, you know, and, and I would never stop to make a hot meal. It just, I'm not going to sit there for an hour and do that unless I need to make water. Um, but you know, so, uh, food, you know, I'd get to a checkpoint, I'd go in, I'd be like, okay, I'll take a large pizza, uh, French fries, two Snickers bars, five beers, you know, and, then, you know, and be like, that. <laughs> you know, give me an hour and I'll be back on the trail, you know, but you know, so you eat all this food and then you walk out, you're like, you're stuffed, you know? And so, so food is always interesting on the trail. Uh, well, I mean, it's like, at that point, it's like anything and any fuel in the furnace, right? I mean, you're just Honestly, burning. Yeah. 
That you run a deficit, okay? You are running yeah. 38 miles a day in that cold. You're burning, you're burning thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of calories. There is no way that you're going to keep up on nutrition. So you run at a deficit from day one. So in, in the way I guess I could best explain, you know, what type of deficit it is. When I started that race in 2018, I was 210 pounds. Mm. When I finished, I was 169. Yeah. Wow. I would basically yeah, be invisible so after after that kind of calorie deficit. <laughs> I was I was just a I was like a walking spirit, you know. I, I still had the strength, the mind, but like my body was was beyond gone. You know, I was sick as a dog. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what was my the recovery word. like? How long did it take you, and what oh, did it involve? I, I think I'm still doing it, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. It was brutal. I mean, I came home and. Um, I was having IVs a couple times a day for a number of days after I got home because I was really oh my sick. Gosh. My wife was really worried about me. I had Jardia too. I got the water, the water illness um, up mm -hmm. on the trail. So I, you know, my stomach, it was really brutal. Um, you know, and I, I, it really took a lot out of me. Um, I have, no, there's people that have done this race nine and 10 times, you know, a thousand miles. Mm -hmm. Um, I did it once and I, it took the life out of me. I don't know how these people do it every single year. Um, so, uh, yeah. yeah, it took months and months and months for me to feel comfortable again in my own skin. It was just, uh, it, it just, I gave everything I had in me to finish that race. Yeah. And I know you've told these stories a thousand times, Peter, and I appreciate you taking the time to tell sure. it. I tell, tell them to us again here on the running around Charlotte podcast, but of it, course. There, it was, I mean, like you said, getting your brain around the idea of, and you'd spent some time in Alaska already. You'd spent some time in the wilderness. Yeah. You were comfortable with all yeah. that, but there's a whole yeah. lot of isolation out there and there's a whole lot of stuff can happen. And yes. And I know, like I said, I know some of these stories I've read about them. Hell I've heard you tell them to me firsthand. Tell us about right. one of those, like some of the, I mean, there were some near death experiences out there. Oh gosh. Yeah. You know, the one that, obviously jumps to mind is the time that I almost passed away on the trail. I, um, I, it, this was, uh, two, in 2016 and, uh, I was, uh, by myself, uh, at evening, I'd say sun had gone down. It was getting dark and I was going over the most dangerous section of trail on the whole Iditarod. So you're talking a thousand miles and you're talking a four mile section of, of river frozen river that you have to navigate that, is just brutally tough to get over, especially in a year where there's not much snow and the ice isn't thick. And so that, you know, that, and what I mean by that is you're going over, you're going over a river, but there's open, open leads and there's, you know, water rushing under your feet and you don't know, you know, and so I was, uh, I was crossing a river by myself, um, trying to smack it with my trekking pole to make sure it would hold. And uh, I made it halfway over that trail and uh, I, I smacked it one last time and the whole ice bridge uh, fell underneath my feet, a massive failure of the, the, the bridge. And I fell into open water over my head um, and swam out. Uh, I would say doggy paddled, tried to get out. Every time I tried to get out, I'd fracture more ice and would be back in the middle of the river. My sled was underneath me, me pulling me down. I was trying to get out and barely snuck out of there with my life. Um, I, I, you know, I literally am shaking right now telling you that, um, it's been two Ow. years, over two years and it, and it's just, yeah. uh, 
it was a very close call. And, uh, and I, I actually made it 300 more miles after that accident and quit. It's just because, like I said, I, my mind was gone. I, I had not, I had, I had lost it in my mind and I, and I knew I couldn't go another 500 miles after that. So I quit that year and quit the year after, after dealing with minus 65 degree, you know, mm. Fahrenheit on the trail. And, uh, so, you know, I went back in 2018 and it was like, you know, I'm going for it again, but this is the last time I'm trying, you know, I'm going to give everything I have, but if I don't do it, then I'm done because this is brutal on me and my family. And, uh, and so, you know, I went up there with that kind of, uh, I, I like to say like kind of the, uh, baseball mentality. I had two strikes on me, you know, and I was going up swinging, you know, so, uh, so it all came together. I have no idea how, but it's, uh, you know, it was a beautiful thing. Yeah. And your story is not, I mean, yes, it's about survival. Good Lord. It's about survival. I mean, I remember reading about it the first time. And I remember every time you tell it, I'm sweating when you tell that story about going under and it's not just about the survival of it, but it's also about the perseverance because this is not, you were not in a one time and done. You tried to, you know, yeah. chip this thing down, you know, multiple times and you finally reached that. And, you know, and that's, that's, that's a story in and of itself. How does that translate now to, you know, how you move on every day and how you, you know, approach every day? Like you said, when we first got on, it's a brand new day. How does well, that you know, color your approach my, to things? My whole thing is, and I do a lot of public speaking, so mm -hmm. I talk to big businesses and stuff. And I just say, you know, to, you know, first of all, and I heard someone say this earlier while I was listening, you know, if you're making goals and you're checking them off every time, your goals aren't big enough. I agree with that. You know, so you got to make these big, scary yeah. goals. And if you're failing, you're actually in a good place. That means you're, you're, you're doing something right because you're, you're kind of in that fine line where you don't know whether you will succeed or not. And that to me is the very definition of adventure. You know, I mean, you know, I'm an adventurer first and foremost, an outdoorsman. So, you know, um, for me, like when I was running the 50 marathons in 50 states, you know, I, as I was getting my way through them, I knew I was going to finish those things every single time I laced my shoes up. You know, I ran, you know, probably 100 marathons during that process and I finished all of them. And so once I got into the ultras, I was really always searching for something that maybe I couldn't do. And I, and I seriously questioned whether I could or couldn't do the Iditarod after failing a couple times. I mean, I, I really needed to think, do I have it in me to do this? Because I had been in the arena. I knew how hard it was. And so, uh, so I really just, you know, figured I'd just give everything. But to me now... Um, you know, like in day-to-day -day life, you know, and I fail in something, I'm like, all right, you know, I, I don't get down about it. I'm like, okay, I tried, you know, I did everything I could to, to succeed, but I didn't. So it's like, okay, now I got to go back to the drawing board. And most times if I look in the mirror, I'm like, I didn't work hard enough to, to succeed. It's on me. You know, I cut corners, you know, and so it's, uh, I'm, you know, I don't, I don't really listen to many other runners. I don't really, you know, I'm at that point where it's like, this is a personal thing for me. You know, this is what I feel I can do. It has nothing to do with anybody else. So, um, so that was just, you know, really good, but it, it helped me, you know, so much in just day-to-day -day life and also just mindfulness. You know, I, I tend to look at, I, I did, you know, I think I've done 2,500, over 2,500 miles on the Iditarod trail in my, in my races up there. And I look at it as that was, that was my therapy. You know, I needed to go deep inside myself to kind of find out who I was and to, uh, 
and to really kind of be at peace with myself. And so the mindfulness bit, you know, like just take things as they are and appreciate it as they are is a big part of my day-to-day life at this point. And I would have never found that had I not pushed myself far enough and long enough to, to find that, to give myself time to find that. <clears throat> so I, I two more questions for you. One, how, how sure. many people are in this race each year roughly? Did, there's usually about, I would say, maybe six to ten uh, of us on foot yeah. that try and go a thousand miles every year, and usually it's less than yeah. half that finish. Most times, it's really one or two or three people that that finish. Yeah. You know, um, so the year that I won, there was two of us. You know, there was me and one person that came in about twelve after. 12 hours after I did, and we were the only finishers that, yeah, I think there has been 16 finishers since 1999. So that will tell you numbers. Uh, So so the good news is if I enter, I've got a good chance at a podium. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you want an easy podium, go up to the Iditarod and do that. Look, it might be June before I finish, but I'm going to podium. That's right. Yeah, yeah, you got it. You got it. Amen. And you know, there is a 30-day limit. There is a 30-day limit, you know, like for the race. You have to come in under 30 days. But there's a handful of people that have come in under, you know, like 34, 37 days. And trust me, not anyone thinks any different of those people because they yeah. took an extra yeah. week or whatever. You know, like to the people yeah. that have done it, yeah. massive yeah. respects for those people that come in after the time. And it really means nothing that one is an official finisher or not. You know, I, I really, yeah. that doesn't mean anything well, to me. I, I heard somebody once say, you know, they they talked about uh, winning the marathon and they ran two hours, and, you know, a few minutes and, you know, what a great feat that is. And his comment was, my feat isn't great. What is great is these people that are out there working five and six hours yep. to accomplish this yeah. because they're out there working harder and longer and they're just as dedicated and there's means as much or more to them as this means to me and so to your point the guys that are out there 37 days have worked 11 days longer than you did to get where they needed to go at good for absolutely no absolutely right I, you know, and I have to say, I feel the same way about, you know, like when I was running marathons and I'd go to races and there'd be elite level marathoners there and, you know, they'd finish the race and they'd have their crew, you know, taking care of them. And then they'd be at their hotel room and they'd be doing interviews. And, you know, meanwhile, people are finishing still, you know, and, um, and, you know, I'd always had a lot of respect for some of these big time racers that would sit and, you know, clap people as they're coming across the finish line. You know, I mean, it's like we're all runners, you know, and and whether you run it in a 215 or a 515, you know, you're you're knocking the course out. You're doing the best that you yeah. can. And so, um, you know, I really don't have time for any of those hipster runners that think they're better than others. You know, I've just been through too much. You know, I've just been like. Great, man. You did a fast marathon. That's awesome. What kind of person are you? What else can you do in life? You know, yeah. um, I just, I'm, I'm not into it that way. So my, my favorite awesome. is when people finish and they're on the front end of it and they go back and they find someone yeah. to encourage and bring totally. in. And it's usually someone who's a little overweight, who's a little slower, yeah. who's probably not one that considers themselves a runner. Yeah. Air quotes. Right. Um, 
but they're they and go back out because it's bigger than them. them. It's not about yes. them. It's about exactly the, the, the larger picture. So. Yeah. And I would, I would say the clear. vast majority of people are that way, um, it, it, even in ultra running. Although I will say there's some ultra douchebags in ultra running. That's that's yeah. my uh, that's my, <laughs> my two cents. Yeah, that's Can we true. Say that? <laughs> yeah. I think we just whoops to that. Did I put that out there? Yeah, yeah there's that 10% <laughs> factor in every facet of life for sure, Pete. Absolutely. That's ridiculous, I'm sure, man. <laughs> As long as as long well, as it, as long as we can maintain the uh, the the our position in the ninety percent of the of the people no that are not, that's the good. We're all good. Yeah, we're doing yeah. our thing. We're doing our yeah. thing. <laughs> well, very cool. It was, it, this is one of my favorites. I appreciate uh, the time you took to to tell your story again. And uh, yes, I, I could sit and talk for another couple of hours. I have I have Me not too. done an ultra. I've done. Uh, I think I've got 19 out of my 50 states, and you know I'm kind of outstanding. Right now, but, outstanding. Well, yeah. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. Yes. You've encouraged me. You've inspired me today to not give up on that goal. Yeah. Um, right on. I, I yes. do have a an ultra on my bucket list next year for a friend who passed away of cancer uh, out Great. in Utah. And so, Great. Uh, so again, you've inspired me to not give up on on the goal to run that in his memory so thank oh you. man and especially when you have something that you're running for man you, you know that you will never give up if you have a friend that you're doing it for that's that's you know yeah. that, that you've lost so good on you to find a deeper meeting you know that's yeah. a lot of runners have thank that you. so well played i wish you the best man i mean it's a it's a wonderful world out there thank you pete you right you're you're you are one that makes it better so thank you very much Right on. Well, thank you, boys. Good talking with you this morning. <laughs> you Bye. too, Pete. The Running Around Charlotte podcast is presented by the Novon Health Charlotte Marathon. One day, five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Registration for the November 16th Novon Health Charlotte Marathon, Half Marathon, Relay, 5K, and One Mile events is available now at runcharlotte.com. Running Around Charlotte with your host, Tim Rhodes and Jeffrey Cooper, is produced in partnership with Well Run Media and Marketing. Listen for new episodes of Running Around Charlotte, released every week.